Um, I think it's very easy to, when things go wrong in life, to just kind of dwell on them and just feel like everything is wrong because of that one thing. But just a shift in perspective can really help a lot of the time. Of course, like life happens. There's a lot of unfortunate things that can happen, but there's a lot of blessings in life as well. So I always like to like focus on gratitude and practicing that. Hello, lovely people, and welcome to the next episode of Girl Boss a podcast hosted by myself, Nikki Mahone, founder and designer of online jewellery and homeware brand Nikita. Today, I'm chatting with Farah Raja, who works full-time as a management consultant and part-time social media influencer, content creator and model. Farah is passionate about accurately representing the British South Asian experience in mainstream media and inspiring young women to prioritise their own purpose despite cultural norms. We also touch on investing in properties and renovating in this conversation, so I cannot wait to share this with you as there are plenty of takeaways. So without further ado, here is the podcast. Hi, Farah. Thank you so much for joining the Girl Boss podcast. How are you? Hello. Good, thank you. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm very well, thanks. Um, I am excited to hear about your journey because I know you've got a full-time job and you're doing content creation on the side and I'd love to know a bit more about how you started because your Instagram bio says the girl who just decided to go for it so do talk to me a bit more about that like what inspired you to start putting yourself out there and being a voice for South Asian women online yeah definitely so I think my journey started quite a bit ago actually I was in my second year of uni and it wasn't really Instagram that I started with to be honest I was a YouTube girl (laughs) that was like my goal I actually started with a friend as well, so I didn't do it on my own. I'd wanted to do it for so long, even before uni, but I just never had the guts to do it on my own. I was always so worried about what other people would be saying and thinking and all that side of things just really terrified me. But when I met friends at uni that had really similar interests to me and to be honest, we were just very bored and my degree wasn't the most exhilarating. Like I was, I studied law and business and the law side of my degree, I really struggled with. So it was just something really nice to do. And just to get me out of the like the law headspace and obviously very creative. So we started a YouTube channel. And then from that, we kind of used Instagram initially just to promote the video. So it wasn't even a case of I created an Instagram to actively post like pictures and things. It was just really to promote the YouTube channel at the time. And I think as time went on and then I ended up doing social media more independently, I started um, using Instagram just a lot more purely because it was much less time consuming than filming and editing YouTube videos. Especially when I started full-time work, it just became a lot to juggle doing YouTube very regularly. Yeah, I feel like YouTube's like a full-time job, isn't it? Sometimes Honestly. like the editing, because like you, you want it to be really well done as well. You don't just want to just put anything out there. Exactly. And the long-form content generally just takes a lot longer to plan and then, yeah, of course, edit and get up there as well. So, and yeah, YouTube is like, kudos to anyone who does that consistently and juggles a full-time job because I definitely found that a struggle. It's definitely still got a special place in my heart, but I'm just, I struggled with the consistency. And as everyone knows, consistency is so key when you're trying to grow a platform online. So I kind of just thought to myself, I don't want to spread myself too thin and I don't want to just continually be burning out. So I fo- I decided to like kind of hone in on a platform that I knew I could spend more time on whilst doing full-time work. Amazing. And then how have you found juggling your full-time job? So you are a full-time management consultant, is that right? Yeah, that's right. 
and then you do your content creation on the side. So I always find this will be really beneficial to anyone listening to hear your kind of outlook on how to manage your time and to balance everything and stay organized because I imagine you've got pretty active social life as well, right? Yeah, so it's definitely still something that I'm learning and kind of growing with as well. I think because I started my social media as well as at uni, I was from the get-go, I was always juggling social media alongside something else. So it started with exams and studying and then it transitioned into full-time work, which was definitely a lot more time-consuming. And I still, my advice or the way I deal with it is my, obviously my full-time job is my top priority. So During those hours, that is my absolute focus. But then whether it's my weekends or my evenings, I try and split my time depending on how late my evenings get with my full-time job. Um, I generally try to just make my weekends all about socials. So then I know I have those two days at least where I have all that time and I'm very strict with having a work-life balance at work. And I think I didn't do that at the beginning. It was hard to kind of really put my foot down and know when the cutoff point was during the day, even during the week. But I've always said from the beginning, and I know there's a lot of people in these corporate jobs that will take their work into the weekend. And that's something I've very much stuck to from the very beginning is I will never open my work laptop on a weekend. I'm very strict with that. So I would prefer to work late into the evening during the week versus logging off and then picking up on the weekend. So that's kind of how I managed to separate the two and make sure I have very distinct periods of time where I'm working on both. It's really hard to juggle both of them because they're so different as well. Like you're using different parts of your brain almost. So it's kind of hard to just flip a switch and really be on the ball with the creative side versus like the really like technical side sometimes, which um, the work and the full-time work kind of pulls out. So Yeah, I can imagine. Do you ever feel like you have two jobs or does it feel more of an outlet and like a hobby at the weekends or is it starting to feel, as you're growing, does it feel more like a job or you're still enjoying it as something you like do for yourself personally? I guess I definitely am still enjoying it. I think that's what keeps me motivated because if I didn't enjoy it and all the work that I put into it, I just, I don't know how I would stay motivated to continue doing it because it's so much work. I always say it's my second full-time job because there's just so many extra hours that go into what looks like a lot of fun, but there's a lot of back end to it. And especially when like you kind of have a purpose and you're, and yeah, when I've got to the stage where I've grown my platform quite a bit, there's a lot of extra like opportunities and things that come out of it, which then it looks great on the outside but there's also a lot of work that goes behind those as well so um definitely I would consider it an extra job but at the same time it's it's so fun and it's so rewarding at the same time so I don't my day-to-day it doesn't like run me down or I don't feel like irresentful anyway for doing those extra hours oh that's good and in terms of being comfortable in front of the camera is that something you've learned over time or have you always been that way it's definitely something I've learned over time. I think because I've been doing it for so long, I don't even question it anymore. But definitely at the beginning, I remember when I first started filming like the YouTube videos, I was very conscious of the fact that I was literally basically talking to myself and it's very awkward in the beginning. But to be honest, I'm very much more of an introvert than an extrovert. So I actually have always felt more comfortable like in my own space and almost not talking to myself, but almost just being with with my own company. So that's never really felt, that wasn't the uncomfortable part to me. It was more a case of, oh my gosh, I'm actually filming myself. The realization that you're filming yourself to then put it online and, and then other people are going to watch it. So that was more of like the uncomfortable aspect of it. But the actual filming itself, I don't know. I think I've never really thought too much into it because 
like I said, I was quite comfortable in my own company. So when it's just you and the camera, I don't really think about it too much, to be honest. Quite natural for you then. In some ways, yeah. I think when I was first starting, because I was just constantly watching other people doing YouTube and just seeing the way they were in front of the camera, I kind of almost just copied and emulated what I saw. And I was still quite young as well. So seeing all of that, it just kind of almost started to be, become normal to me. And um, now I've been doing it for so long, that it's not even like a second thought. So it, it definitely comes with practice and it definitely comes with just doing it over such a long period of time. So it's something that you grow with, I think, as well. Yeah, amazing. And you are growing a platform on Instagram and TikTok. I wanted to ask you which platform you prefer and why. Oh, that's so difficult because TikTok hasn't actually been around that long. Like I've been on Instagram for years at this point, but TikTok still feels very new and I feel like I'm still learning it a lot. But it is, I would say, the more fun platform because I feel like anything I post on TikTok, it's almost not even properly seen by your actual following like it's just kind of spread to anyone and anywhere and I always feel a bit more safe in that just because anything that I post that's just a bit like silly or just like more lighthearted. or sometimes people I guess these days take jokes a little bit sensibly as well so I sometimes feel a bit more comfortable doing that on TikTok I feel like it's and sometimes received a bit better, but Instagram, like I said, is like kind of my baby. It's the one that I've been on for such a long time and it's the one that I've worked the most on and got the most opportunities out of. So I th- I've, I like them both, but for different reasons, I think. It's interesting. So it's almost like you're more familiar with Instagram, um, but TikTok's a bit more of like a fun outlet almost. I do agree. I feel like the vibe on TikTok is really different, like especially when you're clicking through videos. I always find that like if I'm browsing on there, then later I'm looking on Instagram. Instagram reels do seem a bit more boring. <laughs> it's very more serious vibe, I think, on Instagram. Yeah, hundred. I don't know if it's just what gets uh, shown to me on my page, but it's all really inspirational and like motivational stuff, which is great. But then TikTok's just way more chaotic, which it depends what mood I'm in, I guess. That's true. So I wanted to ask you, like, how do you want to inspire your following? Because I feel like you're quite comfortable putting out controversial topics and just like debunking myths within the South Asian community. Is that something you are actively trying to do? What kind of impression do you want to leave? I think for me, like from the very beginning, I've always noticed such a lack of like South Asian representation in general in media space. And growing up, I, I feel like I struggled with that more than I thought I did growing up. So for me, when creating my social medias, it was always a real goal of mine to just have girls, have someone that they could relate to and all the problems that they're facing in their everyday life that aren't necessarily talked about in your family circles, in your friendship circles, that you could go online and find a page like mine that would talk about those topics and that you would feel kind of like you have a safe space almost. So that's kind of the what I try to create with my socials, which is why I kind of touch on those potentially taboo topics because even though they're taboo, they're very real and then like they're real life experiences that especially well obviously from the girl perspective I talk about purely because I'm a woman. So um I only really talk about things that I've personally dealt with or experienced or things that I think are important for like South Asian women to just feel seen and feel more validated because it's really hard um, growing up and not really having anyone to kind of relate to and, and thinking that you're the only one going through certain things. So that's kind of like why I talk about those things. But also, I think as my page evolved, um, I used to do a lot more just purely makeup, purely fashion, purely beauty content. And then I think as I've gotten older, and especially since I bought my properties, I started when I started sharing those experiences, I started getting a lot of not backlash, but just a lot of like comments. And I guess it came from people that didn't really follow me because 
those types of videos tend to go a bit more viral and people just more intrigued by that topic. But then I started seeing like a shift in when you when you're online, you kind of see lots of different perspectives, perspectives that you don't necessarily see in real life. But um, so for example, with me like moving out to live alone, there was a lot of opinions that came from people all over the world, just like kind of having their pennies worth and like whether that was a good thing or a bad thing. And then I kind of realized there's so many girls out there that are trying to do similar things that aren't inherently bad. They're really positive things, but people in their lives that are trying to stop that or like hinder that or see it as a problem. So that also kind of gave me a reason to like talk more about these things because I want to normalize the idea that girls can literally do whatever they want to do. They're not harming anyone else by making good decisions for themselves and um, and unfortunately we have a lot of people in the community that kind of restrict women's choices even to this day yeah that's so true isn't it it's like especially when you're saying things that are otherwise actually really positive just get tarred with a bad brush I, I also don't understand why that happens I was quite lucky I think when because I was very open about the fact I'd moved out and into my partner before we got married I, di- I didn't really receive any issues with that I didn't receive any opinions on that but I did just get a lot of people asking me how did you do that? Or how did you go about it? How did you find it? How do you tell your parents? So it more like opened up a bunch of questions and it kind of normalized it for other people who've been told their whole lives that they can't do that. So I was quite glad that I was able to put that out there and those years ago and maybe encourage someone else to do something similar because it does, if you really think about it, it does make sense to get to know someone properly and live with them before you commit to marriage. It's always been something we've not been allowed to do. So it is important. It's important to share these things and just to be open and honest and like you can then be an example for someone else. Um, Otherwise, we're all just going to stick to these same like archaic, weird narratives that just get taught our whole lives. I am briefly interrupting this podcast to let you know about our sponsor, which is my own brand, Nikita. I thought, why not sponsor my own podcast? Our listeners can enjoy 20% of all products using code GIRLBOSS. We are a brand dedicated to bringing you exclusively designed, empowering jewellery and home decor that would make an amazing gift for a loved one or treat for yourself. We have recently rebranded and made so many improvements to our packaging, our sustainability focus, our website design and user experience, our shipping time and customer service, as well as our jewellery materials to ensure they are waterproof and last forever. We also offer free empowering desktop and phone wallpapers, as well as carefully curated music playlists for your every mood to keep you motivated throughout your day. We offer free shipping, next day delivery, free returns, free gift packaging, and we have over 5,000 verified five-star reviews across our selling platforms. The website is nikitabynikki.com. And again, the code is GIRLBOSS for 20% off everything. I hope you're able to make use of the code. Do let me know what you purchase and happy shopping. And thank you so much in advance for your support. It genuinely means the world. Now, with that out of the way, here's the rest of the podcast. So that brings me on to like the confidence side of things. So when I see your page, I I see a very confident, self-assured and beautiful girl. And I wanted to ask you, have you always been confident in putting yourself out there? And what advice would you have for anyone else? Yeah, definitely. I think it's really hard these days as well, because I was definitely growing up very, I think I went through phases. I had a lot of like bullying phases and difficulties in that sense, like at school. So that definitely knocked my confidence quite a lot. And I think that's why I almost found a bit of a safe space in the online world because I could easily tap into like different people that I wasn't necessarily near location wise, but it was kind of opened me up to this whole new portal of people that were very similar to me, 
I could relate to and just kind of build a community that really resonated with me versus just relying on who the people around me that weren't that nice at the time. So I think that gave me a bit of a confidence boost just to kind of branch out and not just purely rely on the people that were like in my actual real day-to-day life and that whether that was at school, at college and even at university. So the case of putting yourself online is definitely a scary thing at the beginning. I don't really know how I kind of plucked up the courage. I think it was the case that I did it with a friend to begin with. So I was never in a position where I just immediately posted like a video by myself online. And I think that was something I wanted to do for a really long time, but I never had the guts to do it. My advice is always to start something with a friend or do something together with someone else that kind of has the similar passion or interest as you. Because one, it can be really fun. You can do it together because your friend, you already have that good relationship. And then two, it'll grow your confidence naturally because you're doing it with someone that you already feel comfortable with. And then when you do something like that a good few times, it won't be as daunting when you start to do it by yourself. That's kind of how I got into it myself. Um, and then because I'd already started kind of the act of turning on the camera, filming videos myself, and I did it for such a prolonged period of time, it became normal to me. And then I guess after that, um, I once I'd done it for so long and then I started building a community, you kind of get a bit of a confidence boost anyway when you start speaking to people online and people really resonate with what you are posting. And my little, like, I guess, line in my, one liner in my bio, the the, the girl just that just went for it that has been in my bio pretty much since the very beginning of when I first transitioned into doing this on my own because that was a very scary point in time I didn't actually want to do it by myself it just was one of those situations where the girl I was I'd started the YouTube channel with she didn't actually want to do it anymore but it was something that we'd worked on and something that I really found that I had a passion in so I wanted to do it but I was terrified of doing it by myself because it was that was still unknown to me so that little line in my bio is literally also hopefully an inspiration to other gals so just if there's something that you really want to do put yourself out there there's not a lot you can need lose from doing that and if you don't end up even enjoying it then at least you've tried so i would always say if there's something that you even slightly are interested in try and give it a go and you never know what could happen that's so true i feel like everyone i've had on this podcast has had that moment when they're like right do i just do what i want to do do i go do i take the plunge basically And I had a similar stage in my life, I think, as when I left my full-time job to start my business. That was my plunge. But yeah, I totally know what you mean because it is... There are two paths sometimes. Sometimes you choose the harder, more scary one or you just stay safe all the time. Yeah, you posting these sorts of things would definitely inspire women. And it's kind of the whole point of this podcast as well. It's just to take the leap and to not let yourself doubt overtake everything. Yeah, so that's amazing. It sounds like you kind of built confidence over experience as well. Like you carried on recording, you kept going and then it it built as you grew. It's not something you kind of need to have in place before you start something. I feel like you're never going to be ready really to start something. You just have to do it anyway. And then you kind of progressively build more confident as you go on. Yeah, people always assume that everyone online is just super confident and that like the extroverts or the people that just really are sure of themselves. It's not always the case. It's just something that they kind of got used to or they just try something new and they stuck to it. So there's so many different like ways of kind of putting yourself out there and then finding yourself in these kind of positions. The starting is always the hardest part. Yeah, it's good what you're saying about doing it with a friend as well because I literally just recorded a podcast earlier and talking about the gym and training and things like that. And the guest said that, you know, go with a friend if you're scared at first um, or go with someone you know, just so you're in it together and then you can branch off and do your own thing. And I 
completely agree. It's not something that I had the luxury to do um, when I started my platform, but I did have friends at the time who were into it as well. So it did just feel really normal to me. So yeah, I completely agree with that. That's really good advice. I'm excited to announce that we have a new sponsor on board and it's a company that I've been using myself for over two years now. Simmer is a meal delivery service which sends delicious, high-protein, portion-controlled and nutrient-dense dishes to your door. It's that time of year when my life becomes increasingly reliant on Simmer. I'm busier than ever whilst also trying to stay healthy and ensure I consume the right foods. You simply heat the meals in the microwave for three minutes and they genuinely save me so much time, allowing me to focus more on my business, this podcast, my fitness journey, as well as my social calendar. The reason I've not got bored of eating them over such a long period of time is because despite them being healthy, they do not compromise on flavor and they constantly introduce new dishes. They're a lovely Indian family-run business, two brothers and their mum, and they've just had their sixth birthday. So to celebrate, they're offering my listeners a special offer where you can get 50% off your first order plus 25% off your first month. So be sure to use code GIRLBOSS at simmereats.com to make the most of this offer while it's still live and let them know I sent you. So they say that people are the product of those they spend the most time with. Do you think that's true in terms of your friendship circle? Do you find your friends in your life now have similar interests and values as you? Yeah, I really agree with that. I also read a similar quote that said something like, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with in terms of like the characteristics and the personality traits that you pick up or the way you perceive the world based on what you're constantly hearing and the conversations that you're having with the people closest to you. So I... As I've gotten older, I've become incredibly selective with who I choose to spend my time around and and kind of what that does to me mentally and emotionally as well, because it's just, it's, it's so important. It's so important to make sure that you are really secure and happy in your relationships with people, but also there's just like no negativity and like the way that it's always really nice to be around people that have different perspectives and you can learn from. So I also um, really value that as well, but I find it, yeah, I'm, I find it so important to be around people that just really have this, I guess, same values, same morals um, as me. I just like being around people on the same wavelength as well, like super ambitious, like go-getters, like really working hard. I find if I was to spend time with people I was surrounded by that weren't that way inclined or just kind of didn't really have that drive in them, I'd find it really hard to even like bounce off them or like even when... I'm getting excited about things going on in my life. I just don't know how that would translate if I was trying to have a conversation with even in like a friendship setting. Yeah, I definitely think it influences how you kind of go about your own life as well. So it's definitely important to pay attention to that. I feel like you need people to match your energy. I've been in friendships and things before where I, I notice I play down some goals that I have or things I want to achieve. And I just think that's really bad. If you feel like you're muting yourself because you can't have those conversations with that person, then it's not really a good fit. And I've also learned as well over time that you shouldn't expect one person to be able to do all those things with you as well. So that's something I've learned, especially when looking for a life partner, as in I don't expect Jack to be interested in everything I'm interested in. For example, if it goes to trying new foods and eating out, he's actually not that into it, which was a bit of a red flag for me at the beginning. But um I've realized I can do that by mum. My mum is the person for that or my brother or someone like that. Um, and Jack, I can do so many other things with. And then if I want to just, I don't know, go and party somewhere, I'd go with my friends for that. So it's kind of like all of the things that you want from relationships can be kind of divided um, between people. I totally agree. I think 
really does impact what you achieve in life if you're around the right kind of energy. So what is next for Farah? I'd love to know like what you kind of see um, in the next few years for yourself when it comes to your online world and also, you know, how it's going with your full-time job at the moment as well. I guess there's so many things that I've achieved already that I didn't even think would be would have been possible like five years ago. Honestly, I think I'm in a really good place at the moment, juggling both my full-time job and my social medias. It definitely does get hard at some points, but I think because I now have two properties under my belt, I have two mortgages, so it's definitely something that I rely on, like salary-wise. It's very hard for me to think about even transitioning into doing social media full-time, just because the stability isn't really there. And I also don't really know if I want to put the pressure on what I see as something really fun and exciting and like my outlet to be my main earner and the thing that keeps me like surviving. There's still like so much, so many pros and cons to whether I choose one or continue sticking with balancing the two. I'm in a very fortunate position that I can balance the two and I do get that work-life balance in both aspects. So I'm kind of living a bit of a double life at the moment, but I don't know when I would see that changing unless it got to a point where I just got like a really big opportunity. Either I got promoted at work or in a similar sense, if I got like a different work opportunity from in the social media space. There's definitely so much more I want to do in terms of collaborating. There's so much more representation needed in the social, um, South Asian space as well and um, for women. And I just kind of want to grow that and just make that even bigger and better because there's still plenty of work to be done. We've only really scratched the surface, I think. So yeah, just more like collaboration and just growing my platform in a way that I can like inspire other women to do similar things to me. I really want to go more down. Like I kind of started going down a more lifestyle route with my content, but also in terms of like personal finance and things like that. That's something I'm learning a lot more about these days and kind of want to bring that a bit more to my page, but also the topics that we've talked about, like being confident and self-assured and just kind of as a South Asian woman, it's not really the norm to kind of think about yourself and care about yourself first. So those are all things that I want to kind of focus on as well. Amazing. And you mentioned about properties. Can I ask you a bit about that and uh, what you've got going on there? Because I think that would be really inspiring for anyone listening. Yeah, definitely. So I bought my first property, which is my flat that I now live in, I think just over two years ago now. So this is like basically my first time alone and I kind of shared my journey a little bit both on my Instagram and YouTube when I first bought it and the renovations and things that I have been working on in the past couple of years. And then just at the end of last year, I bought a house with my brother. I've also shared a little bit about that journey, um, but that's also something that is kind of a renovation job too. So still in the midst of um, working on that. And I think because of those things that I've done in my personal life, it's almost, and because of the kind of reactions I got initially of moving out and buying my first home, all the questions that came online when I kind of shared my story, I kind of realized that it's really quite uncommon still, um, especially for brown women. So um, that's definitely something I try to talk about a lot just in terms of even when it comes to budgeting, saving your money, how you even get onto the property ladder in the first place, all these unknowns that I was in that position um, just over two years ago and I had no idea what I was walking into. So that's kind of like the knowledge that I try to pass on and share as much as possible on my page and just any of those experiences that I've had while going through the, that property journey. And hopefully when I expand my portfolio and, and even invest in more, I'll continue to share that as well. 
That's amazing. And I think I can imagine having a full-time job as well helps with getting a mortgage because it's tricky. Say if you were just an influencer and you were trying to purchase, I think it makes it so much harder as well. So it's kind of been a bit of a theme throughout a lot of the episodes on here already. Where a lot of people have full-time jobs and Instagram side of things as an outlet and it's, they see how it goes. But I feel like everyone has their main bread and butter and it's actually quite an important message. I think a lot of the kind of hustle culture online is encourages everyone to just drop their job and pursue what they want. But really, you can do both simultaneously. It's a safer option. And at the end of the day, you do need a stable income and for you to be able to achieve things like you've done. And at such a young age, um, how old are you? I'm 26. Yeah, see, that is very young to have two properties under your belt. So you've done very, very well. But yeah, and Renault life is no joke. How are you finding it? Oh, my goodness. Even... I've had my flat for two years and it's embarrassing to say that it's still not finished. I still feel like, yeah, there's so much that I still want to do. And it's a little flat. It's literally a two-bed apartment. So you'd think that there isn't really that much to do. But I guess, yeah, it's it's just the catch-22 of doing all these things all at once. And then where do you find the time to really fit in the stuff that's probably a little bit further down the priority list? I know. I was doing, um, well, we've been doing our renovation of kind of, I've made all these decisions and they've been not easy decisions. They're expensive, long lasting decisions. And um, it's a lot of things like, you know, what color do you want your plug sockets? What do you want to do for your skirting boards? And you think, I don't know. I've never even thought about these things before. These aren't the things I've got on my Pinterest board. Like but you still have to make these decisions. I've found, so we've been in the house over two years now and I'm kind of looking around. I'm like, actually... I've already changed my mind on a few things. It really messes with your head a little bit because you think, well, now I don't trust myself to make any more decisions because I've even changed my mind again. But you just have to. I think you've just got to go with the flow. And as and when you change, like you can update certain things in your home. But I have noticed like, and we're making decisions for the wedding. Like I definitely experienced decision fatigue to the point where my brain just couldn't function anymore. So there's just so many choices um, I have to go through all the time. But yeah, it's very real. I feel like it's also really rewarding. It's probably the most rewarding thing I've ever done, especially when you're kind of living in it because the effort you put in, you really benefit from straight away. That's really true. I think, yeah, you're kind of reaping the reward immediately. Yeah, exactly. How do you find trying to um, builders and tradesmen? Do they speak to you differently because you're a young girl? Do you find? Because I always find that whenever I talk to them, I'm, the, I'm basically the decision maker. I like, would design the whole room, but they'd always talk to Jack and he used to wind me up. Oh my gosh, really? So I never really had that to compare because I was literally living on my own. So unless I got my dad and my brother to speak to them. But I am almost like 99% sure my I got like quoted significantly higher because I was a girl that had no idea what was going on, which is really frustrating because like I had a few things that I wanted to do so I think my bathroom was the main thing that I got builders in for and I asked for a few quotes and I remember my dad actually asked for a few quotes and he was quoted so I can be left and I was really confused because I wasn't asking for anything different via my dad it was the same thing and people in the same area so I found that a bit bizarre and there was like other little things like even getting windows changed, not even like really renovation so much, but just getting things fitted and sorted out in the property. I almost feel like I was getting slightly higher quotes. So then I started transitioning to like just going via my dad and my brother. Oh, it's sad, isn't it? I know. It is frustrating, but it's almost, to be honest, I don't really like that side of things, like having to negotiate or I never know what I'm talking about anyway. We just want to put candles everywhere and like make it pretty. Like that's definitely where I was at. 
I just wanted to get to the furnishing stage. I feel like that's the fun bit. Yeah, making everything work. Yeah, honestly. I was just like, as long as it works, it's fine. Is there any advice you'd give to anyone listening who's um, about to step into the property ladder, whether it's by themselves or with someone? And how was your experience like buying a house with your brother? If I had any advice, it would mainly be to make sure you're like very aware of all the upcoming costs. So I think when I first bought my flat at least, I was very much focused on just saving for a deposit. That was my, even though I knew I had other costs that were going to be incurred, such as like solicitor's fees, and then obviously a mortgage payment come out as soon as you complete. And there's other, especially when you get a leasehold property, there's additional costs like the service charge, the ground rent. I kind of knew they were coming, but I didn't really focus on them. My focus was purely on the deposit. So it was a little bit of a shock when I then had all the extra costs on top of having to furnish the property and do all like the renovation bits I wanted to. So I would just like really focus on getting your finances in order and just managing your own expectations when it comes to how much you'll be able to do when the property is like when it's completed and the keys are in your hand. Because I think I really overestimated how much I would get done in pretty much as soon as I got the keys because first of all things are so expensive and then you incur so many costs that you kind of don't really see coming and I guess with the so with the house it was a very similar process um so in terms of like what needed to be done I guess it was probably a bit less stressful just because I'd already been through the process once before so I kind of knew what was coming there wasn't really anything shocking at that point because the process was very very similar also doing it with my brother and like just having someone else that could chase some things when uh, rather than it being all reliant on me and me having to find out like what's going on whether that's solicitors or the estate agent that was a bit of a relief as well yeah will you be living in the house that you've bought or are you gonna stay in your flat and rent that out yeah so my intentions have really so far been to flip the properties that I've invested in so with the flat I knew I was going to move out eventually but I think I will be selling it so that's why I've kind of done the renovations and stuff to kind of boost the value a bit and then sell it on. And then with the house, um, my brother's so far, he's moved into it. But again, that's another renovation job. So our plan is to do that up and then potentially sell it on for a bit more. That is a bit of a bigger job. So uh, we're kind of just finding off beat and figuring out like what we're going to do with it because it's obviously a much bigger space than I've been used to with my flat. And yeah, with a lot, there's a lot more opinions as well involved with us both having it together and then kind of the plans moving forward for that one. But as it stands, I'm still living in my flat and my brother's in the house now. So we're just really focusing on the renovations and getting the properties like fully up to scratch and in a, I guess, saleable condition and then kind of figuring out from there. Yeah, definitely. I think the biggest transition for me from moving from one bed flat to our house now is is realising I have a garden as well. And I was like oh my God, this is basically the same amount of effort that is required in our garden as it is inside. Like we've kind of left it for now, but if we want a landscape and things like that, it's a whole thing. But yeah, I suppose it's one of those things that once you put the effort in, you receive the benefits. I'm sure once we've um, sorted out our garden and done all that, like the value we'd add to the property would be amazing. So it's just a question of like, yeah, being patient and understanding the long-term gains from putting all this effort into renovation, I imagine. Kind of what motivates me getting it done is because you know that you're going to get the reward out of it, even though it's 
it's hard and initially to like get everything sorted. The garden is a whole new world for me, but I know my dad really enjoys sorting gardens out, so I've kind of have assigned that one to him. Yeah. yeah, I definitely think it's a case where, you know, accept help, I think is really important when it comes to doing up a house. Can I ask why you wanted to move out of your, uh, was, were you living with your family before? Yeah, and I had uh, quite a few reasons. I guess at the time when I I just really moved back from uni. So I moved out when I went to uni and I was living out for four years. And then when I graduated, I moved back home. And I think it was just a big culture shock, like moving back home. And I guess I just missed being a bit independent. And I, I felt like I lost that a little bit. And it wasn't really that there was huge restrictions or anything. It was just the fact of like having my own space, being able to do what I wanted in my own space. And um, I'm sure a lot of brown girls can relate. So I also had other reasons, like um, just my commute to work was really difficult. And at the time when I started looking for a property, even though I didn't get one until like two years later, which was bang in the middle of COVID, I'd started looking pretty much as soon as I um, moved back home. So it wasn't really something that it was just like a very quick, rash decision. It was something that was in the works for a really long time before I actually managed to do it. So it was just one of those things that I always always had in my head. I knew that once I left uni and I came back home, it was I just wanted to kind of have my own space again and live on my own and live in the area that I'm living in now. So it was a goal for a while before the goal actually was achieved. But it also came down to me being able to save the money and a lot of other things had to fall into place as well for it to, to work out. Okay, so I'm going to move on to the game section. So this is just something really simple and quick. It's a bit like a, a this or that or would you rather. So are you ready to play? Just think of the first thing that comes to your head as well. Don't think too much about the answers. Mm-hmm. Okay. So video content or photos? Oh, video. Currently, I mean. Okay. Caps or dogs? Cat. Oh, cute. You're the only person that said cats, actually. Unless it's a chow chow, then I'll choose a dog. But that's the only dog breed I like. <laughs> okay. Influencer events or one-on-one podcasts? Oh, one-on-one podcast. Um, girly night in or night in the town? Girly night in. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think that's changed with age? I don't know, you know. I, I feel like I like having like one-on-one time with people more than just like being out and about. Okay. Um, skincare or hair care? Um, skincare at the moment, actually. Yeah. Are you still really into the beauty side of things for your page? Yeah, I am. At the moment, I'm still trying to figure out like a good skincare routine. I've got a few products recently that I've been trying and I've been loving them. I'm getting a bit more like into taking care of my skin. And yeah, I love, I love like pampering myself a little bit every now and then. Oh, that's nice. It's good to do it young, honestly. Instagram or TikTok? I'd say TikTok. It's just a lot at the moment. So much more fun. So I normally sign off the podcast with a book or podcast recommendation and wondered if you had one for our listeners. Yeah, I do have a book that I'm reading currently. I haven't really finished it yet, but so far I've really been enjoying it. It's called Invest Now by Kolpana Fitzpatrick. And it's all about, it's basically a beginner's guide to investing. It's something that I'm trying to learn more about at the moment. And it's got some really good tips in there and it's really simple and easy to kind of digest because the investing world is pretty complicated it feels like when you're just starting so I really am loving that and I recommend it oh that's brilliant there's also a podcast called girls that invest um I can't remember the get have you I don't know if you've listened to it but it's so good like literally it breaks it down right from the beginning for anyone that's interested in having their own investments because I've also heard as well like women should have their own 
private personal investments in case anything goes tits up with their partners or whatever. You don't want to rely solely on a man when it comes to stuff like that. So it's something I want to listen to and like learn myself. And I've just started the first few episodes and they're, what they're doing is amazing. And they're kind of empowering women to have their own investments and to understand it fully as well. And so I definitely recommend that if, um, yeah, it should be quite similar to your one. So I wondered if you had a quote as well to share. Um, yeah, I do. So my quote is, when you focus on the good, the good gets better. Um, I think it's very easy to, when things go wrong in life, to just kind of dwell on them and just feel like everything is wrong because of that one thing. But just a shift in perspective can really help a lot of the time. Of course, like life happens. There's a lot of unfortunate things that can happen, but there's a lot of blessings in life as well. So I always like to like focus on gratitude and practicing that. Oh, you've got a really mature head on your shoulders, you know. Oh, like a lot you. of the things that you were mentioning are things that I learned like when I was approaching 30. Um, so yeah, that's a really, really great quote. Um, I've got one which says, people are looking for honesty and authenticity more than anything. And it's something I thought of as this is by Sarah Sanders. Um, and it's something I thought of after looking at your page and everything and seeing the way you come across. I do think you come across very authentic. So yeah, that, I thought that would be um, a good reminder for anyone that is looking to create content of their own. And yeah, thank you so much for such an amazing conversation, Farah. It's been really interesting to hear about your property journey, especially. Like I didn't know that. So it's just, yeah, it's amazing and hopefully inspires other young women to do the same sort of thing. Oh, thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I've really enjoyed it. Perfect. And could you just let everyone know your handles so they can follow you? Yeah, sure. My Instagram and TikTok are the same. It's at Farah X, um, and my YouTube is just my name as well, Farah Raja. Well, amazing. Well, I wish you all the best and everything you've got going on at the moment, and hopefully we'll chat soon. Thanks so much, Nikki. Take care. What an amazing conversation! I absolutely loved that. If you could please take a moment to follow our guest, and you can follow me and my brand at Nikita by Nikki on Instagram. And don't forget, you can use code Girlboss for twenty percent off all jewelry and homeware at NikitaByNikki.com. If you enjoyed this episode, I'll be so grateful for a podcast review. And before we sign off today, I'd like to invite you to take one deep breath in with me so we can reset and start or end our day on a really positive note. So if you close your eyes, take a deep breath in. Deep breath out. Open your eyes, shoulders back. Remember who you are and just please have the audacity to be whoever you want to be today. We upload new episodes every Thursday morning, so I hope you'll tune in again next week. And in the meantime, have the best day, have the best week, and I'll see you soon.